0: is now being recorded
1: we rsc podcast gary pasquitz joined by john major john we're here uh, each week to talk about the usc quarterback position and uh for week one that means jt daniels and his debut start as uh as a true freshman slash uh, should have been high school senior but let's just get started at the top and give your overall impressions on what you saw from number 18 last saturday
0: well gary um you know, if, if any quarterback in the country would take the opportunity to uh, play UNLV, be able to throw the ball 35 times, um, uh, be given a bunch of empty backfield sets with five wides, and uh, have your, your All-American uh, high school receiver in the starting lineup with you. Now, any quarterback would take that, let alone a freshman. So I think the setup was great for his first game and coming in with such high expectations and really what should have been his first start of the season at modern day. So, um, I think the overall, uh, surpassed expectations, even lofty expectations.
1: Okay. And that's saying something. Let's consider some of the things that did happen. He, uh, you know, he, uh, Toa Lobendon, the senior center, not available. So going with a redshirt freshman in his first game action as a Trojan, uh, in Brett Ewan. And, uh, some unusual performances early in the first uh, half from uh, Tyler Vons and Michael Pittman. Normally extremely dependable. And on this day, it just just, just wasn't their day. Uh, but I think, I think he overcame those things in a very quick fashion. Uh, I like the fact at the end of the first quarter when things weren't really going well, what does he do? Three straight passes to Amon Ra. Like you say, that comfort blanket that was there for him just immediately got it that. How do you think he handled things when he got out there at first? And, and things were a little rocky.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, he's he, there's so much going on. I mean, it's not just a, a simple uh, comeback route to Pittman or or finding uh, finding bonds and you know over the middle. It's it's so much more. It's just getting just getting comfortable with the whole setting, and mm-hmm. really, um, I think some of those passes should have been earlier. Just get some completions, get some confidence, maybe a screen pass, just something early on, because um, um, that's only one. You know, he's only going to face his first series once in his whole career, right? So, um. And,
1: and boy, boy, did he get a gift on his first series with great field position, uh, after the great first, field
0: position, first play of fumble. I mean, what what could you want, right? But what I think I that. Say, I, and,
1: and, you, and you can sense the crowd. I don't know if you said, the, the crowd was just on the edge of their seats. Uh, on that person, just just breathlessly waiting for something from him. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, the expectations were pretty high, and they went. They, I think that was a three and out and uh, field goal. Play. It was. Um, it was. You, it was just a matter of time. I mean, it really was just okay. We well, at least we got points out of it, and let's move forward. And you know, as a coach, you'd you'd come to the sidelines, "How do you feel? Isn't it great?" You know, it's kind of make a light light of the moment and try to enjoy it, and then just relax. And now you can kind of go play. And I think that's what you saw. Um, especially as, as they figured out that, Hey, let's just get, you know, let's, let's make sure, you know, his favorite receiver from high school, you know, he gets a couple looks to him. And, uh you know, I I go back to like Jared Goff coming back his second year. I mean, with a new staff McVay coming in there and just kind of looking at it and say, well, what did you do so well at Cal? You know, you had this miserable so well with St. Brown at modern day, you know, what, what could we put in that really gives you some comfort if we go to that? And I and I got to give him credit for doing that because later in the game you could tell those weren't the first times he's thrown a, a post route to to Saint Brown or a or a slant out of the slot. So a very comfortable routes for him.
1: I was Norm Chow with Leinert. That was uh, oh yeah. You know, get, get, get him start. Get him a couple quick easy passes to start off with just something that he's comfortable with and uh and it obviously worked let me ask you just on well that's track. what i did with i mean that that was a
0: norv turner thing too i had norv turner as a
1: okay coach. so he was he was very
0: you know when you get off rhythm you know you have you're struggling kind of going through some series where it's just not let's 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 get something in there no matter what it is even if it's not uh the yardage we need to get completion because just any completion builds your confidence and then you start feeling mm-hmm. like and then, and then you kind of go back on track back on schedule you know so it's just a confidence builder and then you move forward so.
1: But let me ask you, you you once upon a time had your first game at the Coliseum. What did you think of JT's just composure uh, out there?
0: Well, I thought it was great, especially, especially you mentioned it, you know, playing with a backup center, you have a senior captain, Toa, who's not starting. You have a freshman who's starting his first game at center. Center is a quarterback of the offensive line, right? So mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, now I don't know if, you know, maybe, maybe he's, as a freshman quarterback, you're so you're thinking about everything. So maybe you're not as experienced and zeroed in that. That's kind of a big deal when your freshman, when your starting center is not playing. So uh, maybe that didn't have as big of an impact on him as it would on, a, on an older, more like if if Sam Darnold last year was starting, had a first year, first time starter at center, he might have been more aware, make sure he's making he's overly cautious with the line calls or or doubling checking the line calls that the center's making to make sure and making sure he's got his protection in order. Um but I think that uh I think going into your first game, you know, I was a different situation. I had a Heisman winner in the backfield at Tailback and I had I had all Americans on the offensive line. So you know, for me it was a great setting to go into and uh but I remember the first the first uh the first game against Tennessee, I threw an out and out, pumped the out and threw a, like a 50 yard touchdown. And it was just, just a fantastic feeling. And it makes you feel like, Hey, I can do this. And that's so that's what I'm sure, especially after the touchdown to St. Brown, that's kind of what it was that moment said, Hey, I, I can do this. This is, this is pretty cool.
1: Uh, it was one, one thing that really impressed me from the game, John. And, uh, yeah obviously I had the one fumble that got called back, but at the end of the day, when it's your first game in the Coliseum your first start and you walk away with no turnovers, boy, that's something that's got to make you feel good
0: yeah and and really the the offensive unit too. I mean, I don't believe there are any fumbles either, so no, no the, the whole offensive unit, not just you as a quarterback, who you know everybody was criticizing Tarnell last year for that, well, didn't hurt his professional
1: aspirations but
0: everybody was concerned about that but um you know that's I don't know everybody gets overly concerned about quarterback turnovers but if you're trying to make plays they're just going to happen so relax people you know you gotta if you got a great talent back there he's going to make more than make up for it over the long term so um you know I was more impressed that the whole offense did not did not experience you know kind of bonehead plays or or there weren't any moments where you said, "What are we doing?" You know, and uh, that was more impressive, especially with the starting center as a freshman and a starting quarterback as a freshman.
1: I want to ask you about a couple throws that he made: uh, the the one to Trayvon Sydney, and then obviously the, uh, the the deep touchdown to Amon Ross, so familiar with. But just talk about what you saw in those two plays.
0: Well, too. the the, the touchdown the touchdown came first, and that was uh, that was that was. Really, when you look at the video, you can see that they they try to play man across uh, with the free safety that came up, and for whatever reason, the free safety uh, could have been a center fielder and just kind of watched the quarterback's eyes, right, and kind of drifted to where you know kind of take away the middle of the field and drift to the sidelines, felt the ball was going to be thrown outside. Instead, he came up at the snap and doubled the doubled the tight end. Now, if you look at our offense. Anytime in the last three years, that would be the last receiver, eligible receiver on offense that you would even bother to double coverage. So double cover. So it left, it left St. Brown in the slot on an, on a post route where the guy was flat foot and he just ran by him. So it was more of a don't miss this throw than any any really kind of great throw. Um, But he did see him and he did step up and he had outside pressure and he stepped up in the pocket nicely and then delivered the throw. So, the more impressive throw to me was later on when he threw to, uh, Trayvon Sydney. It's kind of the same, the same route, a uh, seam route down the middle. And the safety came up did the same thing. He covered, he covered, they double covered him, but he kind of laid the ball inside a little bit. Uh, Sydney had beat him, but it was still, if he underthrew it, it could have been picked. So he laid the ball inside a little bit for him to kind of adjust to it and I thought that was a really impressive throw plus he not only stepped he really did not step up in the pocket he kind of had some some squishy uh protection and he kind of slid he thought about leaving I could tell he thought about leaving and escaping the pocket but he caught himself and st- stood up and then found Sydney so I thought that was very impressive uh pocket presence that this early on in his in his tenure
1: and then let me ask you this on on the WRSC message boards there is uh There is one, I don't want to say if you want to call it a critique, but uh, several posters mentioned it. And that is the thought that JT may have locked on to his first receiver. And you're saying there's a real good reason for that.
0: Well, I I really hate to to disagree with the message board people because that that could come back to haunt you. (laughs) But uh, I I do understand that, you know, people, the one thing, I hear this a lot, you know, and, and people have to understand coverages. Before they make those statements, you have to understand that in zone coverage, the coaching point in zone coverage, every man in the defense, the defensive like there has an area they're responsible for, and their eyes are on the quarterback and they're feeling the receivers. Like where they're, if one's coming into their zone, and they're reading the quarterback's eyes. In man-to-man, you're covering. Your your eyes are on the receiver. You're you're mirroring him. So if you lock into a, I can lock into a guy all day long if he's running a comeback route. I mean, I'm just waiting for that. I'm waiting to anticipate the break so I can put the ball out there in the right spot. So that doesn't matter. Where it matters is if the guy's running a post route and he's got man coverage and you have a free safety. That's kind of he's playing zone. Then you have to kind of work the safety away with your eyes a little bit and then come back to the guy to the man coverage. Um, so that's where it could be a concern. But I didn't see that being a problem. Um, in this game, I will give credit to some u n l v players There was that fade route in the uh in the tunnel end zone uh left left side of the uh tunnel end zone and um I think it was the Pittman, and the guy just made a great play he went up and mm-hmm. and uh battled him and made a great play, so it was a great throw. Uh yeah, should have Pittman and came down with it. I don't know. The other guy was right there up with his hands right at the ball. So um, you know, there was some great give give UNLV some credit. They made some great play on a few of those balls.
1: Okay. And then let's uh let's end this talking about Stanford this week. Uh the opponent quality goes up. Anything you might see uh another step up in what the coaches allow JT to do, what they might have him do uh in this game?
0: Yeah, well I think I think after looking at those two balls, uh the one to Sydney and the one to St Brown for the touchdown, you're not gonna they're gonna I think I think you have one game of tape now and you're saying okay this guy can throw the deep ball, so you're not gonna necessarily um you still get man coverage and you can still run those routes, but you're gonna have better safety play. Um both of those ball both of those plays did not have good safety play, so you're going to have a better look, maybe some two cover two with two safeties. You're going to have one that's really playing it as you should play the position. So, so that'll be something that you'll see, especially the next two weeks. Um, and then I, you know, I, I hope we use the run more to set up the pass than it seemed like this last week. We used the pass more to set up the run because the, the run got going later. And, uh, so I, you know, I think we play it a little bit more like you should as far as the sequence of plays go and the sequence of how the offense works throughout the game. Um, don't put so much on your freshman quarterback that early. I think we did it a little more against uh, UNLV just to, because you could, and you can get them some fast experience. So mm-hmm. um, I think you're going to have a little more strategic back and forth here um, the next two weeks. Uh, Stanford, I want, you know, against San Diego State, they didn't look – like a world-beater Stanford team. However, that's what Stanford is. They start slow, and they finish strong usually until maybe they get to play us again or the bowl game, and, you know, they're beatable again. But they, they tend to really adjust well throughout the season. Shaw does a great job of that. Um, and uh, they'll adjust from week one to week two. They didn't play a good quarterback last week. San Diego State did not have a good quarterback, so the rush got to them. Um, that's the other thing. I don't think we saw a good rush or good pressure last week. And we'll mm-hmm. see that this week. So we'll see how we respond, both both JT and both offensively, how we uh, respond scheme wise. I think more screens. I love a screenplay. I love a great screenplay. I don't think we ran that well against UNLV. So I'd like to see some improvement there. Um, and then we got free the back. Game, we got free the back, back game to catch. Looks, yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. Use them. I think. I think that was another point I was going to make. I think I like to see our 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 backs more integrated into crucial plays in, in the passing game, not just checkoffs or swing passes occasionally as a last resort, but really utilize them out of the backfield running routes, whether it be short, caught up, in or out, uh, wheel routes. I mean, um, together with our receivers, that's just one more, you know, guy they got to worry about that can catch balls. So um, I think we will, I'd like to see us get better at that too.
1: I'll look forward to it. Let's have a good one uh, this weekend, John, and we'll talk next week.
0: Alright Gary, sounds good. Bye bye.
1: Thanks.